Welcome to the River Life Podcast. As you listen, we pray that you will encounter Jesus and allow His words to wash you anew. May He reveal more of who He is to your heart. Here's the message for this week. You know, over the course of this year, many prophetic words have been released over us as a church, pointing towards a new work that God is doing in our midst and a new move of the Holy Spirit. So before we embark on a series of seeker-friendly services in December, uh, Elder E. Young will bring us two in-season messages on Harvest is Here. Now, as we listen to these messages, may the Lord help us to comprehend, to comprehend the significance of this spiritual harvest, what it means to you individually, what it means for our pre-believing friends and loved ones to experience this harvest together. Elder Ian, invite you. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Dinah. Well, this uh always such a joy to share the word in, at home, and uh, it's good to see all our brothers and sisters here gathered before the Lord, and uh, so good to see Pastor Ben, Pastor Diner back with us, recharged, refreshed, ready for the next season, you know, and... Um, in the past three months, uh, I've been working more closely uh, with our staff family. It was a great learning. Uh, not easy at times. There were challenges at times, but uh, we had a great planning uh, season. And uh, we had a great leader's advance. But throughout these three months, um, I think one main lesson that I took back is, is that church is family is that church is family, and we talked a lot about that during our anniversary series. And, and I just want to, to say this, uh, and I want all of you to hear it, that, that I love this church. I love this church because, because God loved this church so much. And when I say I love this church, it means I love all of you guys. I love our brothers and sisters in this church, and... and you know, by our love for one another, people will know that we are the Lord's disciples. So I'm really excited about this new season, about what God is about to do. I believe that we are entering into a special season. And, and this week and next week, I, I just want to share my heart for us as a family. And um, there's a burning message in my heart this season and I just wish all of us would hear that and, and respond uh, because God is, is downloading in our midst a word in season. Brother Morgan released a word over River Life early this year when he came on stage and he hugged me, gave me a hug. Um, it was Isaiah 43 verse 19. talks about God is doing a new thing. Pastor David Peters came in July and he released about a, a word with his wife, Greta, about entering a new dawn. 
entering a new dawn. And three weeks ago, Reverend Pat, she came and she unpacked what Isaiah 43, 19 could apply to all of us about a new thing, about a new season. And it resonated with a lot of us that there is a, a spiritual convergence here. So what is this new season about and how do we prepare and steward this new season that God is bringing over River Life? The leadership, we believe that God is bringing this season of spiritual harvest in our midst. A season of spiritual harvest. He's bringing a fresh and new move of the Spirit in our midst. I hear an amen down there. A greater outpouring of the presence of God. And I just want to invite all of us to stand even as we read from the book of, of Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 37, where Jesus was talking about the harvest. And let us pray together, shall we? Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 37. If we could have it on screen. Yes. Okay, together. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every sickness. Seeing the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Let's pray together. Father, I just thank you for your message to us this morning as a family. And I just pray, Lord, that God, would you enter into our hearts, Lord Father. God, even as you sow that seed, Lord Father, of grace, of truth, Lord Father, of God, your anointing, Lord Father, the seed, Lord Father, in our hearts will bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. And Lord, the harvest is here, Lord. The harvest is here. So God, help us to receive it, Lord Father. And God, we pray for blessings to flow. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you will hide your servant behind the cross. Lord, that God, only what you have meant for us to receive will bear fruit this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please have a seat. To understand what spiritual harvest means, we have to look at what is spiritual famine. What is spiritual famine? Amos chapter 8, verses 11 to 12 talks about a prophesied, a, a terrible season. And Amos says that the days are coming, declares the Lord, where I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. He says that people will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. And that's spiritual famine. The famine of hearing the words of the Lord. It almost seems like there is a lead over the heavenlies that people are cut off from the presence of God, people cannot hear from God. And the Lord withdrew His presence from His people because they refused to listen to His prophets. They refused to listen to His servants. And time and again, 
And this prophecy was fulfilled during the intertestamental period where there is 400 years of silence between Malachi and Matthew. That page that you have in your Bible indicates 400 years of silence. It was a terrible time where people are cut off from the revelation from God, where they had no direction, where they were wandering and meandering, just feeling lost. And sometimes, brothers and sisters, life could feel like this. Life could feel like you are in a wilderness journey, that you have no direction and feeling purposeless. Spiritual harvest is the exact opposite of what I've described. Spiritual harvest happens when the lid is removed, where God pours out His Spirit and His presence in such a powerful way that there is an abundance of God's Word. There is an abundance of His Spirit in the midst of His people. And we see another prophecy in the Old Testament, Joel chapter 2, and it starts with verse 19. The language used is that of harvest language. And Joel chapter 2, verse 19, the Lord says, The Lord replied to them, I am sending you grain, new wine, and olive oil, enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object of scorn to the nations. And in verse 23, he says, Be glad, people of Zion. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for He has given you the autumn rains. Because He is faithful, He sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains as before. The threshing floors will be filled with grain. The vats will overflow with new wine and oil. Brothers and sisters, this language is not just talking about a physical harvest, but it is using spiritual language to paint a spiritual harvest that will happen in the future. Because everyone will start to hear from the Lord directly. Everyone will encounter the Lord powerfully. And what's the reason? What's the motivation behind spiritual harvest? Because the Lord wants to fully satisfy our spiritual needs. God wants to communicate His love for us in a tangible manner. He wants to bring all His goodness into your life in such a special way. And verse 28 and 29 tells us how it starts. It says, the Lord will pour out His Spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And that's the reality. When God pours out His Spirit on all people, everyone will receive spiritual sight. Everyone will receive spiritual Hearing. And we know that that was what happened in Acts chapter 2, where we see a fulfillment of this scripture in Joel chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on God's people in Pentecost. But before Acts chapter 2, the 400 years of silence from God, the spiritual famine was broken when John the Baptist stood up and he began to prophesy. And for 400 years, no prophet actually spoke in the name of God. But John the Baptist did. 
God raised him up for such a time as this. And this is what he says in Matthew chapter 3. He says in verse 11 and 12, he describes Jesus as a harvester. Because Jesus' advent brought forth a new dawn. Jesus' coming brought forth a first fruits of a spiritual harvest. John the Baptist describes Jesus, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He says he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chef with unquenchable fire. He's describing Jesus as a harvester, harvesting wheat into the barn. And that's what Jesus came to do. He came to declare the harvest. And yes, the fullness of the harvest was manifested when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples in the upper room. They began to speak in tongues. They began to experience a deep love of God and boldness and courage started to arise in the disciples and they began to fill the disciples and they began to witness boldly wherever they went. And this phenomenon happened throughout church history. Acts chapter 2. We have a name for it. It's called revival. It too happened in our church. Between 1999 to 2001, we were not in a good place. We just went through a leadership crisis and the church was at its lowest. Back then, different leaders started by Pastor Lionel, Elder Andrew, began to pray. It was a time where people were dealing with wounds, with hurts, and that prayer meeting, people began, more and more people began to come and pray. And it is as if the dam broke. The Spirit visited us. There was a divine visitation. People were filled with the Holy Spirit. There was such a thick presence of God in our worship services. Healing took place. I just received a testimony of a sister who was healed of diabetes over 20 years ago and she remains diabetes-free today. Amen. Deliverance from oppression was a common sight. You know, I was just in Perth just a couple of months ago and I was with Pastor Benny Ho and he started to tell me revival is so exciting. Faith Community Church talking about revival. He says the revi during revival, the preacher doesn't have to be good. Just half good can already. Because all the people's attention will be on the preacher. And that was what happened in our church 20 over years ago. It wasn't because of any preacher. It wasn't because of a superstar pastor, but it was totally a sovereign and glorious move of God. In 2009, a spiritual man, a man whom I respect a lot, his name is Elder Lao Hanbing. Elder Hanbing, he stood up at this pulpit and said, God is going to pour out a second wave of revival in our church. A second wave will come over this church. You know, at that moment, I was just sitting, one of us in the pews, I was serving as a cell leader, 
as a young man, I felt I caught something. I felt I caught something from this elder. And that of what I caught remained in my heart for the last 13 years. And God separately took me aside and He spoke to me. He said that I'm going to cause a new wave of revival to come upon River Life. Especially on young people. Go and stand at the front of the wave. Go and stand in the front of the wave. I was just a young cell leader going to get married in a year's time. I did not know what it meant. But I've been stewarding this word in my heart for 13 years, brothers and sisters. I didn't expect this journey to take me into the elders' board in 2016. I didn't expect this journey to take me before you, standing at this pulpit 13 years later, to talk about revival, to talk about spiritual harvest. But I believe that spiritual harvest starts with an awakening. Spiritual harvest starts with a declaration. And you see the landscape, the climate will start to change. And the elders, the pastors, the leadership, we sense that this is the Kairos moment as what was preached of by Pastor Lionel early this year. This is the Kairos moment. God has prepared us for such a time as this. And I know that for some of us who have been around longer, I know that things could have been said at the pulpit and it hasn't quite happened yet. And I know that some of us, we are carrying this baggage, we are carrying this burden. I know that in a way, I'm, I'm risking my credibility before you guys. But you know what, brothers and sisters, there's something going on in me that I cannot explain. You might be thinking I've heard all these things before, but every fiber in my body believes that this will happen to River Life. Despite the difficulties, despite some of the challenges that we face, every fiber in my body believes that this will happen to River Life. And you know what? God's heart needs to be declared before revival takes place. Pastor Edmund Chan says, whenever you pray for revival, you just first draw a circle, okay, and just go into that circle and pray that everything in that circle gets revived first. And things have been happening to me. I cannot find the exact words to describe to you. The best description I can find is almost that I'm pregnant of some sort, you know. I'm expecting. I know it sounds very embarrassing. Why do I say that? You know, last week we talked about 9M ministry and I was like, oh, maybe I should go out for prayer, you know. Because my appetite starts to change. My appetite starts to change. I have no or very little appetite for leisure. I have very little appetite for entertainment. And to be very frank, I'm, I'm, I have not much appetite for business. <laughs> I'm even prepared to put my legal practice aside to see what God desires over river life to happen in our midst. If you tell me your marriage there's an issue in your marriage, I will rush down to attend to you immediately. If you need to pray for someone in the hospital who's, who's sick, I will go down. 
If you tell me you need some kind of a pastoral help, I will come down. And then I'm experiencing mood swings. This is getting scary. My emotions start to get the better of me. I cry for no apparent reason. Sometimes I just eat lunch by myself. I think of God's love. I will just tear. I will just cry. And the staff family, three Tuesdays ago, witnessed me crying buckets. You know, I, I'm not an emotional kind of guy, you know, and, and uh, this, I drank two bottles of water and still I was dehydrated. First time I'm dehydrated from crying. But there's an even more strange desire for all of you to experience what I'm experiencing. <laughs> what is spiritual harvest? If we could have the definition, I, I define it as a celebration of abundant life, blessings, and fruitfulness. A celebration of abundant life, blessings, and fruitfulness through a relationship with Jesus. John chapter 10, verse 10 says, The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And I just sense that this is what God's heart for us is that we will experience life and life more abundantly. It is a time where God makes Himself incredibly real to His people. He wants to reveal more of Himself and His love towards this season. You know, because a lot of us, we know it cognitively, but He wants to reach in emotionally. He wants to reach in experientially. He wants to cause an awakening once again, our spiritual senses to come alive, to encounter Him afresh. And we need to respond and to steward this season. And I just believe that God wants to bring greater revelation to us from the passage in Matthew 9 that we just read. There are just three things I believe the Lord wants to give us greater revelation about spiritual harvest that can be found in this text. And the first is that the, is the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus. In harvest time, we often see signs and wonders, healings and encounters happen very often. And it's very pulsating. And Matthew 9, the first verse 35, says that Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every sickness. But this phenomenon, the healing, the signs and wonders, these are accompanying signs. These are the entree. This is the dessert. These are the blessings that flow out. They are not the main cause. The main cause is the message of Jesus that is proclaimed during harvest time. And the message of Jesus becomes central during a spiritual harvest. And this was what Jesus did. He went through all the cities and all the villages proclaiming the kingdom, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 to 8. It was earlier in the chapter 
Some faith-filled people brought Jesus, brought to Jesus a paralyzed man, and when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. And at this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming, he's so offended the Pharisees. They say to themselves, how could this man have the audacity to forgive sins? Who do you think, who does he think he is? And Jesus, they knew what they were thinking. And he said to them, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know, I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And then he healed the man and said, get up, take your mat and go home. The Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Wow! Jesus asked which is easier, to forgive sins or to heal? And he says it is the former. Because to heal is instantaneous. But to forgive our sins, Jesus has to go to the cross. And sometimes we forget that, that Jesus paid a high price for our salvation. And that's how precious the message of Jesus is. You know, we say salvation is free. That's correct. It is free, but it is not cheap. It is not cheap because Jesus paid the ultimate price of dying on the cross for us. And a lot of times, sin is in the way. Sin is in the way of us experiencing spiritual harvest. It is in the way of us experiencing and receiving abundant life, receiving blessings, receiving fruitfulness from the Lord. And Jesus has to go to the cross and pay that ransom, that redemption price to set us free from the clutches of sin. Sin's hold over us is broken. Sin no longer has any hold over us if we repent, if we come to the Lord, and that's Jesus' message. Simple yet profound. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent. The Greek word, metanoia. It means change of mind. It involves turning with contraction from sin and unto the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, He who knew no sin became sin so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. In Him we might become the righteousness of God. That is the divine exchange. Because we are imputed with the righteousness of God through coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And that's the good news. And that's the gospel, and that's the message of Jesus. And that's what brings us, and that's what qualifies us into a spiritual harvest. Paul says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live, I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Brothers and sisters, when we are in Christ, when we understand and come face to face and we start beholding the presence of God and we start beholding the message of Jesus, 
and we start to take that message and encounter Him afresh, we enter into spiritual harvest. We enter into abundant life. We enter into blessing. We enter into fruitfulness. And that's the message of Jesus. It has to be central. The second thing I believe the Lord wants to bring greater revelation to us is the love of God. The love of God. In Matthew 9, verses 36, it says, seeing the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd. God wants to give us a fresh revelation of his love and his compassion. Jesus came because of God's love for us. Again, it is very simple. God's love for us. My five-year-old son can tell me about God's love, but it is yet so profound that academics, you know, uh, spiritual teachers of the law has written volumes and volumes of literature on that. Jesus went everything. He gave up all that he had to come on earth and to tabernacle with us. To come on earth, to be unequally yoked with us sinners, to carry our sin on the cross and totally emptied himself and gave everything that he had, even his life, that we may receive that abundant life, that we may receive that salvation. Brothers and sisters, today, when you come to church, you may be facing issues. You may be facing the thought, the enemy wants to send this message to you that you don't feel loved, that you are not loved, and that is a lie. That is a lie because God loves you so much that He gave His only Son for you. That if you are the only sinner in this world, God will come and die for your sins. The Scripture tells us they were distressed and downcast, troubled, scattered, some translations. They were facing mental health issues. They were feeling depressed. They were feeling brokenhearted. They were all stressed up. And sometimes we find ourselves in such situations. But take heart, brothers and sisters. Take heart because the Lord's heart is with you and He wants to deliver you. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 to 19, it says, the mission of God. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Jesus declared His manifesto. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And that's the love of God that propelled the mission of Jesus. So brothers and sisters, if you have been taken captive, if you are in despair, if for some reason you feel not close to God, you are spiritually, there's some form of blindness, there's some form of a veil over you, if you are oppressed in any way, the Lord words tells us He wants to deliver us. He wants to set us free. He wants to open up our blindness. He wants to, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour to us. The Lord's compassion is over you. The Lord came for you. Sometimes we can be desensitized to what is happening in the world. It happens to me too. 
6.6 million succumbed worldwide to COVID. 6.6 million. More than the population of our country. And the world tells us life goes on. And I was just looking at the footage of the Itaewon crushing disaster. And I began to shed tears. I began to sob. Because I see young people, many young people, the crowds were being tossed about in like waves. People looking lost, people looking fearful, and they did not intend to find themselves in such a situation. And they were trapped. Many young people left home that day for the last time and never came back. Lost to eternity without Christ and many parents grieving at the aftermath. The Lord is concerned. He is grieving about the lostness of man because He loves us. Luke chapter 15, verse 3 to 7, it tells us God is concerned about that one lost sheep. He's concerned about His people. Jesus told them this parable, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? That's the heart of, of God. That's the love of God. That he doesn't wish any to perish. Three Tuesdays ago, something really unusual happened to me. We were having our staff family devotion and I just felt led to, in a time of compassion and repentance, and that led to, to prayer for the prodigals, sons and daughters of a house, some of them that have left us, some of them that are out in the world, taken captive, by the world and and I was just bringing my burden of this burden to the Lord and I found myself I started to sob I started to wail and I started to weep and I just felt the Holy Spirit just took over the Holy Spirit just took over and I, I, I found myself speaking in first-person voice. And I heard myself saying, where are my children? Where are my children? I'm jealous for my children. I want my children back in my house. And I began to get a deeper glimpse, a deeper revelation. And, and I told God, I, I know God that, Lord, your burden is, is so much bigger than my burden. And that's God's heart for his children that are lost out there, lost in the world, troubled and scattered like sheep without a shepherd. He wants them to come home. He's like the father who ran to the prodigal son to bring him home. And that God's heart for His children. And I just pray that this morning the Lord will bring fresh revelation 
of His love for us. And the third thing I just want to share with us that the Lord wants to bring greater revelation to our role in the spiritual harvest. Our role in the spiritual harvest. In verse 37, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. The revelation about the message of Jesus, the revelation about God's love, and the revelation about our role in the spiritual harvest. He told his disciples to plead with the Lord, to pray to the Lord, to send out workers into his harvest. And every spiritual harvest, brothers and sisters, will lead to a harvest of souls because the Lord has a special heart for the lost. And you know what, brothers and sisters, we have a mandate. We have a mandate to partner God in being a harvester. And the disciples started praying. And the next verse, they were sent out by God to do the same work as Jesus. They prayed and said, Lord, send me. They understood and they embraced the mission of Jesus. They understood and they partook in the harvest. They understood that the harvest is not just for us, people that are already in the house, but it is for our family. It is for our loved ones. It is for those that have not yet known the Lord, our friends, our colleagues. I just want to end with this, with this short story. And it just happened just last Sunday. And we are reaching out to the blocks at Costa Riz, just a stone's throw from our church. And we sense that God is using us this season to reach out to that community. I try to go there at least once a month. And I started bringing my children there as well. It was an amazing group of brothers and sisters serving the residents. And my wife and I spotted someone on an electric wheelchair. Call her Sally, not her real name, and her 82-year-old mom. We befriended them at the coffee corner. She shared with me about her life. She's born with disability and she had mobility issues all her life. She lost her father when she was six, and her husband passed away some time ago. She's a really independent lady, doesn't yet know the Lord. She loves to paint, and she worked most of her life. And she, we befriended them, added her on WhatsApp, and she had a request to for us to go down and help her to pack her storeroom because she was expecting some new furniture to come in from her old house because she just shifted into Pasiris to be with her mom and the, the things from her old flat will be transferred. We spent one afternoon just clearing her existing storeroom, just throwing away the things that she doesn't need and she was so happy and she was so thankful and she treated us to a meal. And when I was driving to that meal, I, I told the Lord, God, I want to share the gospel. But, and I pray that there will be an open door to her heart. And I just pray, God, would you just give me an inroad into Sally's heart? And during lunch, I started to chat with her and 
uh, I ran out of topics <laughs> and I said, God, you got to help. <laughs> and she suddenly asked me, what do I do? What do I do for a living? And I told her I'm a lawyer. And her facial expression suddenly changed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Her facial expression started to change. And, and, you know, I gave her my name card. And she suddenly said, this firm, this firm, you are Mr. Lee. You are Mr. Lee. You are my lawyer. And I said, I don't remember <laughs> having a client, you know. And, and, and then she took out my firm's name card, the old name card from her pouch. I said, wow, this is a miracle. You know, and, and it turns out that she came to see me years ago because she was having a minor dispute with her husband's side of the family over the flat. Over the flat. And, and I told her a word that, you know, she can trust that God will protect her. She can sell the flat and she can have this amount of proceeds. And she said she, she held on that word because that word encouraged her and gave her that confidence because she needed the, the money for the rest of her life. So she came back about two years ago and my colleagues helped her to get the sale through last year. And she was trying to find me to thank me. So you know what I told her? God is so good. God is so good because God sent your lawyer ahead of time to help you acclimatize to your new life in pastoris. He, he wants to help you to prepare for this new season. He knows that you are lonely, so He sent you friends from church and you need to come to church. You need to come to River Life. You need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And she nodded with tears in her eyes. And you know what, brothers and sisters, she's coming for Christmas. Give a big hand to the Lord. You know what? This is the unmistakable hand of God over River Life. This is the wonderful fingerprints of God over the work He is doing in us and through River Life. So brothers and sisters, will we participate in the work that the Lord wishes to do in and through us? Our hearts need to be revived to feel God's heartbeat, to move in tandem with His sovereign move because revival and spiritual harvest requires partnership with God. It requires our response. I just want to invite us to close our eyes and bow our heads for a moment. And I just request that we don't move around and the service is not over. I just want to speak to two groups of people here. The first group is that you have not come to know Jesus as your personal Savior. And today you are not by accident because the Lord has a plan for you. The Lord is moving ahead of you to set things right in your life, to help you enter into spiritual harvest, enter into relationship with Jesus Christ and for all His blessings to come upon you. And the second group of people, you have backslided and you were close to God for a season, but now you find yourself so far away from God. You find difficulty in praying and you have difficulty even calling yourself a Christian. You are lost 
Perhaps COVID has affected you. The storms in your life has affected you. And these two groups of people, God's message for you is very clear. Come home, children. Come home. Come back to the Father's house. My son and my daughter. The Lord is beckoning for you to come home. Things have happened in your life for you to come back, for you to come home to Jesus, to the Father's house. So I'm just going to give out an invitation. And with all eyes closed and with all heads bowed, it's an invitation for you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And for those who have backslided, just come back into the Father's house. Come back to receive Jesus into your heart once again. I'm going to count to three in a moment. Don't be out there facing the storm yourself. If you'd like to respond, just raise your hand in a moment's time. Just going to count to three in a Is there anyone else? Is there anyone that would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? One, two, and three. And I see that hand. I see that hand. You can put it down, my sister. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else that will receive the love of God, our Father? We're going to pray together with you. Is there anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we're just so thankful that the Lord has welcomed his children back. And we're going to say this prayer together. And I just want to encourage all our brothers and sisters to pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you for your love for me. That you came from heaven. That you came from heaven. Died on the cross. Died on the cross. To bring me home. I'm sorry for sinning against you. I'm sorry for sinning against you. I receive your forgiveness over my sin. I receive your forgiveness over my sin. I invite you to come into my heart and set me free. I invite you to come into my heart and set me free. Thank you for being my Lord and Savior. Thank you for being my Lord and Savior. I receive you into my heart. I receive you into my heart. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' most precious name. Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Amen. Let's give a big hand to the Lord, shall we? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just want to invite us to stand even as we sing this closing song. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul I live for you alone 
every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I This is my, this is my desire to honor you, Lord, with, Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. brothers and sisters the Bible tells us that all heaven rejoices over one sinner who repents and comes back into the Father's house and you know what today this morning all heaven is rejoicing hallelujah shall we give a big hand to the Lord thank you Jesus thank you Lord thank you Lord I just want to invite any one of us that just want to come and receive that spiritual harvest. In your heart of hearts, there is a resonance to what is happening right now. And I just want to invite any one of us to come as a gesture of obedience, as a gesture of just receiving. It doesn't mean that anyone will pray for you, but just between you and the Lord, just come and receive His life, His blessings and His fruitfulness into your life. And we are going to end with that. Shall we do that? 
even as we sing the chorus one more time, I invite everyone to just come down and just receive it. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. Come to the Father. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. sisters, I believe we need to make a faith declaration. Let's shout to the Lord together and say, the harvest is here. Shall we do that? As a church, let's declare in faith. One, two, and three. The harvest is here. Again, the harvest is here. The harvest is here. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you, Lord Jesus, for all my brothers and sisters, Lord Father. God, and we declare, we proclaim that the harvest is here. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your call over river life. God, and Lord, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, to destroy, but that you may come. Lord, that we have life, Lord Father. We have life and life more abundantly. And Lord Father, we proclaim and declare in faith, Lord Father. This morning, we pray, we receive that of abundant life, that of blessings, that of fruitfulness. Lord Jesus, because the river is flowing out. The river is flowing out, Lord Father. We pray, Lord Father, for our family members. We pray for those people in our midst, Lord Father, that not yet know, know You, Lord Father. God, I pray, Lord Father, bring them back. Bring them back into Your Father's house. We thank You, Lord. We thank You, Lord. I th thank You, Lord. And all God's people say, Amen, Amen, Amen. Hallelujah. Just pass over this time to Pastor Dynam and we minister at the altar. In a moment, River Lifers, I'll be pronouncing the benediction. Following that, would you, I'd like to invite us all to just remain in the worship centre for a while more as I have an announcement to make. Uh, we need to give our tech crew some time to end the live stream before I make the announcement. Shall we just raise our hands?
to the Lord and receive the benediction. Go forth as harvesters. Go forth as sons and daughters of the Most High God and experience and know the abundant life of fruitfulness, of awakenings, of life in this week ahead. That you will come to enjoy your walk with the Lord as you walk with Him and as you experience the abundant life that He has promised each one of you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the River Life Podcast. We hope that you've encountered Jesus through the Word. If you'd like to connect with community or find out more about River Life Church, find us on Facebook, Instagram or head on over to riverlife.org.sg. God bless and have a great week ahead.